Welcome to the Socialette Podcast, where we empower you with the marketing know-how you need to create the business of your dreams. I'm your host, Steph Taylor, and I'm a marketing nerd, Shiraz lover, and passport stamp collector. Join me as I dive into all things small business marketing and deliver them to you in bite-sized, fluff-free lessons every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Let's get learning. Welcome back to Socialette. This is episode 192. And today is a pretty special episode because I have an incredible guest with me today. And this incredible guest is Amy Porterfield. Now, she is somebody who has completely shifted my mindset around my business and is one of the big inspirations behind my pivot from one-on-one client work to a fully course and membership-based business. Now, in today's episode, Amy and I are chatting about things like who is best positioned to create an online course, why it's so important that you shift past just the time for money trap and consider creating an online course in your business, as well as some of the myths and misconceptions and some of the biggest mistakes that she sees people creating when it comes to online courses. Now, Amy is an absolute wealth of knowledge when it comes to online course creation. She is truly an expert in her space. So I know you guys are going to learn a lot from this episode. Remember, you can download her free ultimate course creation starter kit from stephtaylor.co forward slash Amy. And she also has a quiz, a free quiz that you can take to find out which of the types of courses is best for you and for your business at this point in time. So head to stephtaylor.co forward slash quiz to take that. Now, I'm not going to keep you guys any longer. Let's jump straight into this episode so you can get learning. Hi, Amy. Welcome to Socialette. Well, thanks so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. I'm delighted to have you here. And my audience know that I've been fangirling about you a lot lately. And I know a lot of them have already downloaded your Ultimate Course Creation Starter Kit or they've done your quiz about which course type they should create. But for those who are only just meeting you now for the first time, who are you and what do you do? Well, I'm so glad you asked. So for the last 10 years, I've been building my own business online where I teach aspiring entrepreneurs, usually females, how to grow their businesses using list building course creation, and how to sell those courses online with webinars. So list building, course creation, and webinars are typically my jam. That's my area of expertise. And before I started my business 10 years ago, I worked for peak performance coach Tony Robbins, where I traveled the world with Tony and his team for six and a half years, where I know it felt like a lifetime, where I worked on content. So I got to work on the content that he does on stage at places like Unleash the Power Within or Date with Death. Destiny. I've been to Australia many times with Date with Destiny for the record. Yes. And also the content he would do in his digital courses. And so I learned about digital courses and about launching from my time at Tony Robbins. So I took a lot of those learnings and became my own entrepreneur way back when. Wow. And like one of the things that I really, really like about you, Amy, is that you're so real and you're so honest with your followers and your students. And like, it's so rare these days. So often we see these people who are just so incredibly successful, but they don't talk 
about the challenges and the failures that they had to overcome on the way to the success. And it sets such an unrealistic expectation for those who aren't as far along in their business journey. So I'd, if you're happy to share, I'd love to know what has your business journey looked like so far? Yeah. So when I left corporate, I wanted to create digital courses, but I had no idea how to do so. And so I started to do consulting, one-on-one social media consulting and coaching. And also I was a service-based business. I would do the social media for small businesses. That's primarily what I did the most. And so I did that for two years. And I often joke that instead of having one big boss, literally, Tony's a big guy, I had eight (laughs) little mini bosses, which were clients, but I let them boss me around, tell me what to do. And basically, my laundry list of things to do for them was way longer than what they were doing for, let's say, social media. So I always left the meetings with tons of action items. I had no boundaries. I hated it. I had created a business that I actually did not enjoy at all. But I kept with it because I was scared I wouldn't make enough money or if I'd have to go back to my J-O-B. So for a good two years, I did a service-based business. And then I had a fateful, you always kind of have that one moment that could be a turning point. And I had that where I had a really jerky client and he basically screamed at me on the phone. I hated working with him anyway. It wasn't going well. But in that moment that he kind of unleashed, I thought, I'm never going to let this happen again. I don't want this kind of business. Now, some people love working one-on-one with people and they thrive in it and they're so good. I just wasn't one of those girls. So it wasn't for me. And so after those two years, I decided I am going to create digital courses. That's how I want to teach. That's how I want to make an impact in the world. So I launched my first digital course thinking I'd make so much money because I had helped other people launch. I had been in the Tony Robbins world and watched us launch together. It was amazing. I thought this is going to work. Well, it didn't. It was a Uh, huge failure, huge failure. Yes. And I made less than $300 on my very first launch. So nothing really went right. But, you know, fast forward, I finally got it together. But the first few years were a little bit rocky. Yeah, I love that you talk about that turning point, because I had the exact same thing where I went from doing the one on one client work to pretty much a a fully course and membership based business. And for me, that turning point was getting a message from a client on a Sunday night where they expected me to actually go and do some work when I was, I think I was traveling at the time and like really didn't want to be working on a Sunday night that the client expected me to. So I I love that you mention your first course launch and I love that you're so real about it. What exactly was your first course? So my first course was teaching authors how to do a book launch using social media. Now, here's what was all around wrong with that. I had worked with authors in the past and I had known social media well. I had never launched a book with social media. However, I created a course to show people how to do so. That is a terrible idea. So so my big mistake was I rushed to get something out there, but I wasn't I didn't have results in that area. And so this is what I tell my students. If you're ever thinking about creating a digital course, for the record, I believe everybody has a digital course in them, meaning everybody has something to teach. You do not need to be an expert. I didn't necessarily need to be an expert in the all-knowing at social media book launches. However, what I did need is to have some results under my belt. Either I got results launching a book for myself or I've done it for a client or somebody else. I had zero. I had a little dabbling, but no results. And so that was my big fatal error with that. But 
You don't have to be an expert of all experts to teach something in a digital course. You just need to have a 10% edge, which is basically you are a few steps ahead of those that you want to teach and serve. You've gone before them, you've gotten results, whether it be in weight loss or meditation or like one of my students, she creates caramel candy apples and she created a course to show people how to do that with huge success, by the way. But she had a craft, she had a skill that people wanted to know, how do you do that? So as long as you can teach it and you've gotten results for yourself or somebody else, you can create a digital course around it. My problem was I hadn't gotten results. So for somebody who wants to launch a course, but they haven't got results, but they think that they could get somebody results, where would you recommend that they start? Oh, great question. So I want you to start out with working with, let's say, a client or a friend or yourself and work with them until you see that transformation, those results. Let me tell you a quick story. One of my favorite students is Katrina Ubel. And Katrina was a very busy physician and she worked nights, she worked weekends, she was always on the clock. And so over time, she had gained 50 pounds on the job, you know, grabbing snacks in the middle of the night when she had a shift and not getting enough sleep or exercise. It could really wear your body down. So she found herself 50 pounds overweight and she thought, I'm miserable. I don't want to live like this. So on her own, she did some research, She found out what would work best for her. And over the next few months, she lost all 50 pounds and her coworkers, the other female busy physicians started asking her, how did you do that? How did you lose 50 pounds? Well, we're so busy on the job and we have very little time for ourselves. And so she started to coach them one-on-one and she started to get results for them like she had gotten for herself. And then she realized, you know what? I don't need to coach people one-on-one. I could create a digital course and teach this in a digital course. Now for the record, Katrina had what she calls negative experience with marketing online. She didn't know business. She was a physician. She didn't know business or online marketing or landing pages or any of the technology. She knew zero. But she took one of my courses, learned how to do it, and she created a digital course and launched it with a webinar. She made $200,000 with her first digital course. Yeah, for a girl that didn't know marketing, like it blew my mind. But if you fast forward many years ahead, she no longer practices as a physician. Her desire to create a lifestyle by her own design has been fulfilled by creating an online business where she sells digital courses. Now she's a coach and she coaches on so many different areas in this world of, you know, helping others improve their life. So you never know where this might lead, even if it's not your total area of expertise like Katrina. Yeah. And even if you don't understand, or if you don't know the difference between like a landing page and an opt-in form. Right. (laughs) Anything. Yeah. You can figure it out. Yeah. Like, I feel like sometimes it's a completely different language. So true. I totally agree. It feels very foreign to me. I remember in the very early days, I'm thinking it's like learning a foreign language. It doesn't make sense to me, but it does start to make sense, right? Over time. Yeah. So Amy, what other lessons do you think wannabe course creators can learn from your mistakes with your first launch? 
I think number one, not trying to throw everything in the kitchen sink into your course. And I don't know if that's a US term, and I know I'm talking to a lot of Australians here. So no, we get that one. You get that one? Okay, good. You don't want to throw everything into it and overwhelm your audience. The trend we're seeing right now with digital courses is that people want the fastest roadmap from point A to point B. So yes, yeah. they could go on Google and they could likely find all the stuff that you want to teach. They could likely find it on Google for free. That is very true. Everything I teach in my own digital courses can likely be found online for free when you hunt and peck all over the web. The reason why people pay for my digital courses and why they will pay for yours is two reasons. Number one, no one can teach it the way you teach it. You are unique in your experiences, your stories, your techniques. You might not know it, but you have a unique teaching style that nobody on this earth has. So when people start to connect with you, they want to learn from you. Number two, people are looking for the fast track. They want that, give me the roadmap from point A to point B so I don't have to hunt and peck all over the web. I'm not looking for freebie seekers. I'm looking for people that are genuinely going to want the roadmap step by step by step and I'm going to give it to them. So I never worry about some of my stuff could be out there for free. I love that. And having having been a student of your Digital Course Academy, I can vouch for like the for the the getting people from A to B as quickly as possible because creating a course can be such a convoluted process and yes. you really simplify it so much. So I love I that. I appreciate you saying so. That <laughs> it's what I specialize in for sure, so it's a huge compliment. Thank you. Yeah. So Amy, you've obviously done a lot more course launches since that first that first failed launch. Have you had any other course creation or course launch fails along the way that you're happy to share? Yeah, I don't know about happy to share, but I'm <laughs> most willing to share. Uh, let's see. So the first one was a huge failure, but I also, the second one wasn't a huge success either. The second one I launched and I made a couple thousand dollars with the second one. But the, the reason why it didn't, even, it didn't do better and it could have was that I wasn't growing an email list. So I often tell my students the energy of your business is directly tied to the quality, not the quantity, but the quality of your email list. Meaning anybody doing business online, they really should focus on growing an email list. Even just a few hundred people on your email list can go a long way when you finally sit down and you say, okay, I'm ready to create and launch a course. And so building your email list is so important. And when I launched, I had a few hundred people on my email list, but I hadn't been nurturing them. By nurturing them, I mean, mm -hmm. I wasn't emailing them once a week, checking in, giving them great value. I wasn't doing any of that. And so I think it's important to pay attention to your email list. And I always tell my students, we're going to be list building while we're creating a course. We're going to do both at the same time, which is why I teach both of those strategies because they go hand in hand. Now, given that there is so much that can go wrong in a course launch, why do you believe that it's so important business owners push through these fears, push through the fear of what can go wrong and push through the imposter syndrome and create that online course that's inside them? So even though there's a lot of moving parts and it's not the easiest thing that you could do, it's one of the most rewarding things you could do. Now, I know that um, gentlemen might be listening to this podcast as well, but if I could just speak to the ladies just for one moment, I would say that one of the perks of building a digital course is that 
it busts through the glass ceiling. Now the glass ceiling in corporate is really what I'm talking about. You could only go so far. I know because I was in corporate forever, even before my Tony Robbins years, I was in publishing and worked for Harley Davidson. And there was only so much I could make. And that is a very real statistic out there that of course, women make less than men in the workforce. So when you create a digital course business, you are busting through that glass ceiling. Um, I set a goal this year, and, and this number is relative. It means something to me where it doesn't have to mean anything to anyone else. But I set a goal that we would generate $10 million in our business this year. Now that's double what we made last year. So that's a huge, lofty, big dream goal. But the reason I did that is I want to show entrepreneurs that are just starting out that it is possible to create your own goals and hit your goals with digital courses. I only have two digital courses in my business and I sell one through a live launch and I sell the other through what is called an automated launch where every day it's for sale. You could buy it every day and it's on automation. But what's important is you don't need a lot of courses in order to be successful. You just need to be willing to stick with one and get really good at perfecting that course and get really good at marketing that course. And you could build a substantial revenue inside of your business. And so I just think it's so important to know that you need an asset in your business that you could promote over and over again when you want to promote it, how you want to promote it. And digital courses allow you to do so. Yeah. And there's such a great way to get out of that time for money trap that so many people are in. Oh, okay. So let's talk about that. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that is one of the reasons I shifted from that business model of service-based business in the first two years to what I do now. So when you trade time for dollars, that glass ceiling also feels very real. It's glass or whatever you want to call it. It's a ceiling because you are one person and you can only help so many. And so with that, I was just talking to a woman. Her name is Jamie the other day, and she has two young kids. And she said, you know, Amy, I thought that if I got into this consulting and coaching business, if I got to work from home, I would see my kids more often. They're toddlers. They're home with me. Um, they just go to school for a few hours. So I thought I'd spend a lot more time with them. I wanted freedom. So I left corporate and I started a one-on-one -on -one, um, consulting business. She said, but when my three-year-old or four-year-old says, mommy, can you get off the phone all the time to me? I realized I'm not having more time with them. I'm just in their proximity more, but I want more quality time. And when you have one-on-one -on -one clients and you have meetings all the time and you're checking in with them and you have to be um, somewhere online for them, you are tied to that. When you have a digital course business, you have more freedom. There's no doubt about that. You decide when you work, you decide when you launch, you decide when you want to update your program so that you have more white space in your business model. And that's the reason I left one-on-one -on -one to create digital courses. So yeah, it definitely gets you out of that time for money trap. Yeah, definitely. So more time, more money. That's sounding pretty convincing already. What are some of the other positive side effects that launching a course can have on someone's business or even their lives? Yeah. One of my most favorite things is that it really puts you on the map. If you're looking to be known for something, if you want people to say your name and then say automatically what you're known for. So I've gotten to a place that if you say Amy Porterfield, and if they know me, they know list building, course creation, and webinars. That is what I'm known for. And when you're known for something, it's so much easier to 
grow your email list and grow your audience on social and make an impact in people's lives because they know when they need to go to you to get what they want from you. And so in a, in a really good way, I mean. And so with that, when you create a digital course, you are able to put yourself on the map to be known for something. Now, don't worry if down the road you want to be you want to change that. Way back in the day when I left one-on-one work and I started my digital courses, I was known for Facebook marketing. So I started my digital course business teaching Facebook marketing. I had a program called FB Influence and then another program beyond that teaching how to do Facebook advertising. So for many years, I was known for Facebook, Facebook marketing. And then over the years, I decided I want to pivot out of that. And slowly but surely I did. So you don't have to be known for something and then that's the end all be all. But you definitely want to put yourself on the map with being known for a specific area of expertise. And of course, we'll do that. I love that. That's that's so funny that you say that it's it helps you become known for something because I actually accidentally became known for being the Facebook ads person when I launched my first course back in 2017, all about Facebook ads. Love it. See, and it just and I didn't it, want to be. Yeah, right? <laughs> I didn't either. It's so funny you say that. And there's perks that come with it for sure. But you definitely want to be mindful. Like, okay, so if, if I'm going to be known for this area of expertise, is this something that I want to be known for? And again, it's yeah. not permanent. Yeah, like the whole reason I created that course was because there was a subset of people who were coming to me for Facebook ads management and their budgets were so small. So I thought, okay, let me create a, a course for them. They can learn how to run their own ads. And then, yeah, the side effect of that was people were like, oh, you're the Facebook ads girl. I was like, no. No, that's too funny. Awesome. Amy, so I've got a question for you. Is creating a digital course the right decision for everyone? Oh, I love this question. So it is not the right decision for everyone. And I'm going to give you two, two uh, situations where it might not be right for you. Number one, if you have no idea what you want to do in an online business, if you're thinking, well, I could teach how to get your baby to uh, sleep through the night because I'm really good at that, but I could also teach how to save money when you just got married, but I'm also really good at marketing because I have a marketing job, but I'm just not sure which one. If you have no idea, I think the first thing you want to do is you want to get clear on the topic that's really going to light you up but also what your audience will want and need from you. So you want to start cultivating an audience and start asking them what they're struggling with, what they need most. And then from there, you also want to choose a topic that could make you money. And so there's this really um, interesting sweet spot where you want to make sure it lights you up, that you actually have expertise or knowledge in that area. Your audience will pay for it and they really want it and need it. So I want you to think of those four things. And I know that you have a um, access to my starter kit, right? Yes. You guys can download that from stephtaylor.co forward slash Amy, by the way. Cool. Okay. <laughs> so I highly recommend you grab the starter kit. So it's called the Course Creation Starter Kit, where I teach you those four quadrants that I just talked about, how to find that sweet spot of your course topic. And then from there, I give you seven strategies that I've used over the last 10 years to help me nail down a course topic. So before you dive in and create your course, you want to start thinking of a course topic. Most people that dive into my own course, Digital Course Academy, that you mentioned earlier, they usually come to the table with one or two ideas, and then we narrow it down in the course. 
Another thing you want to do is you want to start growing your email list. So that's really important. You don't need a bunch of people, maybe 200, 250 people on your email list just to kind of set that foundation. That's your first goal. Get 250 people on your email list just to make sure you know how to list build. It's not a huge number, but it is very, very doable. That way, when you start creating a course, you don't have to also figure out how to list build. You can just list build in the back of your business. It's just a little bit more organic. So those are two things that I want you to consider um, before you dive into creating a course. In your experience, Amy, who are the course creators that you see having the most success, like the the biggest launches or the best results in their launches? Oh, I love this question as well. Well, number one, I think that if those who do really well in course creation, they have made it a point to show up online. And so before they even launch their course, they're willing to, let's say, publish a weekly podcast or publish a weekly blog every single week. Even if it's 30, 60 days before they launch their course, they're willing to show up on a weekly basis just so that they can really attract an audience but build a relationship with their existing audience. You do not need a big audience to launch a course. For sure you do not. I have tons of stories where people had small audiences and have done really well with creating and launching courses. But you want to start being mindful of that. So the best course creators show up on a weekly basis. Another thing that they do is they don't give up after their first launch. Imagine if I gave up after my first launch. (laughs) I would not be here with you today saying I'm going to build a $10 million business this year. So definitely it is something that You've got to stick with it. I always tell my students, when you create a brand new digital course, I want you to stick with that one course for 18 months, 18 months, meaning you launch it. And then let's say it does well or not as well as you had hoped. It just depends. Sometimes we crash and burn. Sometimes we don't. And then I want you to get back up. You can, if you don't, if it doesn't do so well, you're allowed one full day that you stay in bed because that's exactly what I did when my <laughs> course didn't do well the first time. My husband's like, okay, we, we got to get up here. So when you get back up and you make your course better, you ask people, you know, uh, what do you really need? What might have been missing in my offer? You get feedback from those that were part of the launch. You update your course or you update your marketing or a little bit of both. You launch again. You launch a few times over 18 months before you ever switch to something else. Unless in your bones you think, I think I've got the wrong course. I think I know what to do instead. Typically, that's not the case. I don't want you to switch gears. I don't want you to chase the next thing. I want you to stick with it. All of the course creators that I know that have done really well, they don't give up after that first launch. They keep going with the same course just making it better and making their marketing better as well. I'm so glad I'm not the only one who spent a day in bed after a bad launch. (laughs) Right? It's so normal. So normal. My my most recent one, I had issues with my webinar platform. And I just, I remember going home from my co-working space, pouring a big glass of wine and climbing into bed. (laughs) Amen, sister. I get it. It's funny. um, At the time of this recording, tomorrow, Uh, there's a Forbes article coming out about my course creation journey. And in it, I can't even believe I admitted this, but I had this old black robe and I know it sounds so sexy, but definitely (laughs) not at all. Um, And 
Uh, I wore it for like a week straight after this failed launch. Like I was depressed. It didn't go well. I like lived in it practically. And my husband literally had to say, babe, I need you to get out of that black robe. I need you to get dressed. I need you to come back to me. Like we're going to stick with it. You're going to be okay. Like it was bad. And I just think when we're on our own building our businesses as entrepreneurs, it can get lonely when things don't go right. It's just you and your computer. So things like that happen sometimes. Yeah. And it's amazing how it, it almost feels personal when it doesn't go. Yes. Yes. Like, why don't you like me? What, why am I a failure? What did I do wrong? Where none of those questions serve us. We just have to say, all right, what do I need to fix? How can I show up differently next time? How can I do this differently next time? But it's all a head game. You know, one of the biggest lessons I learned from working with Tony Robbins is that when you are an entrepreneur, 80% of your success is determined by what you think and how you turn those thoughts into feelings and actions. And so I really have to remember that how I think is what is going to serve me to the success I want to get to. But if we're asking ourselves, why am I such a failure? Why can't I get this right? Why can't I make it work when everyone else can? We are doing ourselves the biggest disservice. We all have that negative talk, but we got to catch it fast. We got to get back in the game and not wear the, the black robe every day for a week. That's such a great segue into my next question. Oh, good. Yeah, because I know a lot of people in my audience think, oh, but like, what, what would I teach? I'm not an expert. Or, you know, why, why would anyone listen to me? Who am I to teach this? What is your best advice for overcoming this imposter syndrome when uh, you're creating a course? Yes, 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 yes. I want to go back to talking about that 10% edge. All you need is a 10% edge. All you need is to be a few steps ahead of somebody who wants to know how you did it or how you did it for yourself or how you did it for somebody else. Think about Katrina, the story I told earlier. I'm going to guarantee that she didn't walk into her office 50 pounds lighter and say, well, I'm the expert of all experts. I know a lot and I'm ready to build a business. I am sure she did not believe in herself, although she did know the truth. The truth is, I got results. I know how to do something that other people want to know how to do it. I'm not going to do it perfectly. I'm going to be vulnerable and authentic when I teach it. I'm going to be myself. But I do know something that other people want to learn. Even the example of Danira, who creates caramel candy apples, it's not like she's changing the world with what she teaches. However, she is delighting. She is bringing joy into people's lives. So don't think you need to teach people how to make money like I do or how to lose weight to change their entire life like Katrina. You can teach people how to have more joy and delight and more happiness in their life as well. So that imposter syndrome is just you telling yourself you don't know enough, you're not educated enough, you're not smart enough, you're not experienced enough. Everybody has that and it's a huge lie. And so all you have to tell yourself is, okay, I hear you, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to do it scared. I'm going to do it when it feels awkward. I'm just going to keep moving forward because the alternative is you can stay right where you're at right now, whether it be in a corporate job where there is only so many hours you're going to get to do what you want in your life. There are only so many creative things you can do when you are building somebody else's dream or somebody else's business. And there's only so much money you will ever make. I can promise you that right now. So you could stay right there or you could feel awkward, you could feel scared, you could feel unsure and still go out and try something new because I'm telling you, it's a really different kind of life when you choose to do something that really lights you up. 
So that's why I think it's worth it. That's why I think you do it, even if those imposter syndrome voices come in your head, like they do for all of us, for the record. You're not alone, my friend. What a great little pep talk. Yeah, Thank I think you sometimes we need it. Sometimes we need a little pep talk. Yeah. So Amy, what are some of the big myths and misconceptions you see around digital course creation? Like we've already touched on a few of those. Yeah. Like you don't need to be an expert and all of that. But what are some of the other myths and misconceptions? Ooh, I like this one too. So some of the other myths are that you need to have a bunch of courses in order to make good money. And so I want to remind you that one course, I can't guarantee this, but one course can make you a million dollars. Like that is, I've seen it many, many times and I've done it many, many times. And so if you stick with it, if you are dedicated to this, one course is all you need to make the kind of living that you hope to make for yourself and your family. That's one thing. We don't need a bunch of things going on. Another misconception is that you have to do all the things, meaning coaching and consulting and a membership site and a course and a mastermind or all these other things that you see people doing. That also is not true. So up until this point, I've only launched digital courses. 80, 85% of my revenue comes from my own two digital courses, meaning that at this point, I don't have a membership or a mastermind, or I don't do coaching. I don't do any consulting. You cannot hire me one-on-one. Now, I tell you that because I like to keep it simple. And for 10 years, I have. Now, for the first time, I'm going to venture out and create a membership experience for my students, but it's been 10 years in the making. I could have done it earlier. I chose not to. So another misconception is that the course that isn't the only thing you have to do. It very well could be. I don't speak on stage for money. I choose not to do that as well. I literally have shaped the life that I want, the lifestyle that I want. So you don't have to do all the things and a digital course. A digital course can be the cornerstone of your entire business. So that's another thing I want you to think about as you start to explore this topic. I'm just going to go off and completely redo my business now. (laughs) Seriously, it can be so much easier than we think. I'm the kind of girl that does not like a lot of bells and whistles. I don't want to do a lot in my business, but I want to do a few things really, really well. So that's how I've designed it. And I think that's what digital courses can do for you. And it's amazing because when you look at your business from the outside, it's so it's so streamlined. It's simple. It just works. Like your messaging is so clear. It's not... It's not confusing. And I think that's where so many people, myself included, so many of us go wrong is, yeah, it's all of the different things. And yeah, I I like, I like the, I like what you stand for there. So Amy, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see business owners making when it comes to course creation? Some of the biggest mistakes that I see them making. So I think when it comes to course creation, worrying that you have to get the price point just right is a mistake. Meaning that I always tell my students, when you come out with the first price of your course, usually you're going to err on the side of it a little bit lower than maybe you should, and that's okay. So everything is not set in stone. The way a course that your first iteration of a course looks is going to be very different 18 months from now when you launch it maybe the final time before you decide you want to retire a course and create a new one or whatever you want to do. You could do that for sure. You're not stuck with the same course your entire life. I just say, I want you to stay with it longer than you might think you should. And so pricing your course, you every time you launch it, you could change the pricing. You can experiment with that. Also, another mistake I think people make is that 
they think that it has to be hugely substantial, like a really big, meaty course. And what I teach my students in Digital Course Academy is that you can start out with something as simple as a workshop course, where it's a two-hour live or recorded training, and you are going to solve one problem or, stra- or struggle that your audience is having right now, that they just want to get over this hurdle. Just If you could help me figure out this one thing, Amy, I can keep moving on to get the kind of success I want. A workshop course is a quick hit. It's a quick cash injection for you. You usually charge anywhere from $50 to $100 for that one course for each person. So it's a quick cash injection for you, not going to make you tons and tons of money, but it gets your feet wet as a course creator and it solves a problem for your audience as well. So they start to see you as their go-to person. So the misconception or the mistake is thinking you've got to put create this huge big course that's going to take you forever to do. That is not true. You can start out really simple. And I love that you touched on the workshop course there because there are so many different types of courses, which is something I didn't really realize before launching my first one. And I think a lot of people don't realize that there are all of these different course types out there. And just for my listeners, a little side note, remember you can take Amy's quiz to find out which of the course types is best for your business. And you can get that at stephtaylor.co forward slash quiz. But Amy, so for somebody who's just starting with course creation, do you recommend that they start with a particular type of course or is it just what suits them best at that time? I think taking the quiz, I'm so glad you brought up the quiz. I think you definitely have to take the quiz. A lot of people, the quiz results based on if you're just starting out, you're likely going to hear from me that you should create a workshop course or a starter course. A starter course right. is a little bit more substantial than the workshop course, but you might be surprised. You might be told based on your responses to my quiz that a signature course is best. This is where you can make some good money for sure right out of the gate. So take that quiz and and I'll tell you, we worked on it for hours and I'll tell you definitely the quiz gives you some really accurate responses. I love it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Amy. Now I have a couple of questions that I ask all of my podcast guests at the end of every interview. And the first question is, what advice would you give to your pre-business self? Oh, I love this. Make the mistakes. Give yourself some grace. Be patient. It all does come together. You do not need to get it right out of the gate. I wish I would have told myself that every single day. I thought everything had to be perfect. I compared myself to everybody in those early days. So I was scared to make a move because I didn't know what was the right move. You will not know. You You don't learn this in college or grade school or anywhere. You've got to just experiment and you've got to take chances. And so I encourage you to do so. I love that. It's basically all just throwing spaghetti against the wall and it seeing what It truly <laughs> is. Truly. In the beginning, that's what it feels like. Yeah. And then what has been your biggest oops moment so far? Ooh, up until this point, my biggest oops moment. One of my biggest oops moments is I thought I needed to, FOMO is real in the online world, fear of missing out. And I thought I needed to hire this one consultant because everyone was hiring this one consultant and they helped out with learning more about your audience and digging into some of the details. It was a $20,000 investment. I thought I got to do this. Everyone else is doing it. And it was a disaster. It was too early for me. It was not the right time, but I just kind of followed what everybody else was doing. And I lost $20,000 early on in building this business. And although I've forgiven myself for it, I've let it go. It still stings a little when I think about it because I just know I did it for, I made the decision for all the wrong reasons. But that's what happens sometimes in the beginning. You live and you learn. 
Yes, exactly. And Amy, what has been your biggest growth moment so far? My biggest growth moment so far? Well, not too long ago, I got out of a partnership. I had a partner that was more of a silent partner in the back end of my business. He was with me for a few years. And I got to the point that I realized "Mm, this isn't working as as it used to. It's, it's not a good fit for me at who I've become. And so I had to get the courage to say this isn't working for me anymore and the courage to work through what a negotiation would look like and how we would separate. And sometimes it felt like a, a work divorce and it was emotional and scary and I, it kind of showed me what I was made of. But I also knew I, I needed to fight for what I thought was right for the direction I wanted to go. So it was a growth moment because I was very scared every step of the way but I still move forward, which comes back to what I was saying earlier. It's okay to be scared and do it anyway. What's not okay is you to be scared and stay in bed all day and then not get up for a long time and take action. So that's what I want really people to hear today that it's okay to do it scared. You just got to do it. Yeah. I'm sure there's a quote about how the biggest growth always comes after fear or something like that. Like Yes, 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 yes. And then the last one, and this is a new question, so my listeners won't have heard this question before, but what or who inspires you? What or who inspires me? So a lot of female entrepreneurs inspire me. One of my favorites is Sarah Blakely of Spanx. And the reason I always think about her as just a mentor of mine, although she doesn't know I exist, is that (laughs) she's scrappy and she's resourceful. If you see her on social, she is 100% unapologetically herself, something I want to step into and and really embrace even more. And number two, when she started her business, she started in her family room in a tiny little apartment where she created the product, she boxed the product, she shipped the product, she pretended she was her own assistant to take calls so people didn't know she was a (laughs) one-woman show. She got scrappy and resourceful. And I think in those early years of building your business, you've got to get scrappy and resourceful. And don't be too humble that you can't get your hands dirty because all of us do, especially in those early years. And so that she's one of the people I really look up to. I love that. I've never really followed her, but I'm going to uh, go and you're going to love her. her journey. It's so fun. <laughs> oh, amazing. Thank you so much, Amy, for your time. I would love to know where can our listeners find out more about you? Well, thanks for asking amyporterfield.com, but make sure to grab that starter kit. That's some of the best work that I've done to help aspiring entrepreneurs create their first digital course. So thank you so much for sharing that with your audience. I think it's really valuable. I agree. It's like, it's 23 pages of just so much value. It's such I can't good believe stuff. you're giving that away for free. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited about it. So thanks again for sharing it. All right. Thanks so much, Amy. How amazing was that episode? I told you guys that Amy Porterfield is full of course creation wisdom. Remember, you can head to stephtaylor.co forward slash Amy to grab her free ultimate course creation starter kit. And you can take her free quiz to find out what type of course is best for your business at stephtaylor.co forward slash quiz. That's it for this episode, guys. Please remember to leave a rating and a review in iTunes or Apple Podcasts if you've enjoyed the show. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Catch you next time.